0: Hello, my name's Gizzy Erskine. And I'm Sydney Lima, and this is Sex, Lives and DM Slides.
1: Where we invite our celebrity friends to dive
0: deep into their DM boxes
1: to see what terrors
0: lurk within. We'll be chatting about online trolls, online dating, perverted proposals, and why everyone's so weird on social media. Sex and and Lives and DM Slides. This podcast contains adult content, graphic details about sex lives, and the filthy contents of our inboxes. You have been warned. Sydney Luma.
1: Hello, I'm Gizzy Erskine and welcome to our Spotify original podcast, Sex, Lies, Lies, and, Lies and DM Lies. Slides, where we chat about sex and love in the age of social media.
0: Who do we have on today, Gizzy?
1: On today's podcast, we've got Munro Bergdorf, who is very slowly becoming my friend. I've been desperately trying You've to been befriend trying. her. <laughs> I mean, I think we're mates now. We speak a lot. But just to introduce her properly, she is probably one of the most important, poignant British figures in the LGBTQ plus world. Issues um, also for Black Lives Matter. So I've been following her with sort of bated breath at everything she says. I'm finding her.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer all lowercase that's shopify.com slash special offer what
1: does colgate mean by live life to the brightest could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall mysterious <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Discussion points at the moment. So, so fascinating. I'm actually really embarrassed myself the other day. You know, we, were going on, we went on holiday, Sid. Yeah. I invited her. And she said no. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Sydney have just been away with a group of girls. And we were like, we had one spare place. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool to come along. Monroe. <laughs> She's my new best mate now. And Boyd. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Boyd. Completely. No, she was very sweet. She was busy. Just got a new cat and a new dog. So that's that was how I got reggied.
0: <laughs> I first heard of Monroe when uh, she used to do these nights with a girl I knew from Camden called Pussy Palace. It was all about kind of creating like a safe space for women and the LGBTQ plus community. And then she had the L'Oreal debacle. Yep which really came to light which really came to light so she got fired originally from L'Oreal after getting into a bit of a fight with Piers Morgan she's actually just recently rejoined L'Oreal I think she's head of the diversity board there now but that was brilliant
1: because she's tackling things so face on and actually just calling people out and it just goes to show the power. I mean, we we look at social media in a really devastating way. But actually, here's a position where someone's voice has done something for the better, you know, and really changed things.
0: She's also got a book coming out called Transitional, where she draws on her own experience and theory from key experts, change makers and activists, to reveal how deeply ingrained transitioning is in human experience. Mm. She kind of talks a bit about that in our interview. It's well. great how,
1: how she sort of looks at transitioning as it doesn't have to fit into the LGBT yeah. It's uh, like she said, software. everyone has a journey yeah. of
0: transitioning through life. I thought it was very, very interesting. She's She's got such a great, astute
1: way, uh, an observational way of looking at, at things.
0: Anyway, so what have you been up to this week? Uh, I may have been on holiday, Giz. What were you doing on holiday Okay, again? so I may have, like, met this guy. So basically, I'm still broken-hearted. And then I met this guy... Uh-huh. So I met this guy, had sex with him, <laughs> and then basically when we were on holiday together, yeah. I got a bit pissed and like decided that'd be really funny if I went on holiday with him as well after we when we got back. So I thought it'd be like some sort of like sex holiday kind of thing. Was, was it a sex holiday? <laughs> Wasn't it a sex holiday because I got cystitis <laughs> because of you having sex. <laughs> oh, sick. I know. To
1: be honest with you, my current boyfriend, I had, I I went away with him after two and a half weeks mm. as well and got the most extreme cystitis and thrush what the fuck is that yeah because i remember a very good friend of ours daisy lowe in fact told me she's like gizzy it's everyone knows this you just have to go for a massive piss after i you didn't sex. know this I and didn't then he know was like this. he
0: said to me like kind of like frustratedly like do you not piss after sex and i was like uh yeah of course and then I was like, I pretended that that's what I always do, but I've just forgotten recently. But I didn't know that was a thing. Why did you never tell me? You're my advisor. I didn't know that until <laughs> until recently as well. So anyway, I just I, I'm still Constance experimenting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's awful. It's so bad. And then I was like trying to get all this like medication. I was like running around like pharmacies. Yeah,
1: rather than cathedrals. <laughs> rather,
0: than, rather than cathedrals. Yeah. So that happened. Oh, what have you been up think. to? Um, what have I been up
1: to? Uh, no cystitis? No cystitis for me this week. I've been, well, we were going to go to Club Verbotten this weekend, me and Sid. So we've actually interviewed Carl from the club. It's a fetish club. It's a really underground fetish club that sort of in Hackney, It's a bit cooler and a bit more considered than the rest, but it's a proper fetish stroke sex club. He did say originally though that we weren't invited. No, and then I've got a very good friend, Emily Malice and uh, Kate Moros, they were going and I was like, right, I'm coming too. And I sent him a message. I was like, can I come? He was like, yeah, the tickets are online. I was like, mate. Wait, did you message him? Yeah, I he did. You didn't tell me you messaged him.
0: Oh no, I forgot to tell you. Yeah. Anyway, then I
1: went home and told, because we were gonna go and do this. We um, decided
0: on Friday night that we were gonna go tomorrow. And I was yeah. like, do I not need some time to get my leathers? Yeah,
1: <laughs> get, get my chaps on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Slide into my rubber cat
1: suit, no. So anyway, went home, told Mikey, my boyfriend, that me and Sydney were gonna go and that it would be good. Let's all go together. And he, literally, all the blood fell out of his body. Um, You would have thought it would have gone to a certain area. It didn't. He was like, had the biggest panic attack I've ever seen within about five minutes. This is a very sexy guy, by the way. And then suddenly he was like, what happens? Are you going to have sex with someone? Are you and Sydney going to have sex? Do I have to have sex with Sydney? What am I (laughs) going (laughs) to do? it was just this, like, sudden realisation of all of these things. I was like... We could just go and observe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: there is no... I think you have to get involved though, don't you? I mean, we probably we'll just have will. a little, <laughs> like, a corner wank.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Imagine us trying, like, with, like wearing some, like, really tight rubber outfit trying, trying to have to a
0: Trying to access our hold on.
1: <laughs> Where's the talcum powder? <laughs> oh, God, the chafes.
0: Oh, man, You just
1: know it's not going to work out for I wanna us. I want
0: to get some uh, latex. Well, I used to go though. to fetish clubs the whole time know. you know my
1: first modelling job was actually at Torch but you, Garden. you always
0: you always keep saying you're going to take me and you don't you lied to me oh, no, but I tried to take you this
1: weekend it just I know, got just it was a bit intense it was a bit too quick a turnaround I well, needed we need to beat. make
0: sure that there's because I mean we were coming out of lockdown and oh
1: well, you know what, what what's interesting mean, would be social like social
0: distance you know, we sex were, club.
1: We were talking about this, these socially distanced mm. sex clubs, and, and also what does that look like now? The new normal in sex clubs. Yeah. What is that?
0: I don't know. I'm imagining it's just everyone with two meters distance. Yeah, <laughs> like what's kind you do? of like It a, must just be like an observe-y thing. Yeah, like massive dildos. Two meter dildos. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so look out for that interview with Carl Bolton, owner of the Club Bolton, which we still can't get into, <laughs> um, a, in a few episodes' time.
1: So without further ado, and I should just pre-warn you all that we did record this in lockdown, um, so the sound might not be quite up to its usual spec, but I would love to introduce the heroic Munro Bergdorf. <laughs> whoop,
0: whoop! Sex and lies and DM slides. <laughs> Hi Munro. Hi, how are you doing? We're good, we're good. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So how's your lockdown going?
2: Lockdown's interesting. I had a little bit of like a moment and then I pulled myself out of it and I'm writing my first book at the moment so I'm trying to stay productive. But It's a good
0: time to do a book isn't it lockdown?
2: Well, it is isn't. it isn't because there's so much to think about and the Mm. sheer insanity of the situation makes it really hard to focus on what you're doing. So I've got I've got lots of time, but I don't have a lot of brain space.
1: (laughs) I I fully understand. I've got I'm on delivery for the end of this week and I am doing everything. I mean, I've never tidied the house. I never do any of this stuff. I'm really good at everything but finishing the book procrastination uh, this is it's... like procrastination station <laughs> this is
2: it's really difficult I've done two chapters and I've got like another five to go so
1: us yeah. not... what it's about uh
2: it's mainly about journeys and how in one way or another we all transition. So whether or not that's adolescence to adulthood or sexuality or gender or your career, relationships, your identity. Um, everything's a journey, and you know, a transition is ultimately going from A to B, from where you are to where you want to go. So just mapping that out and looking at how society has changed um with regards to different attitudes to, you know, sex or people's gender. Gender or um, even you know how people look it's all um, in flux and constantly evolving
0: as we're um, sex lies, dm slides have you been get? Uh, have you been having sex in the lockdown how is it for your sex life <laughs> oh my
2: god no i haven't i've been so good some of my friends are breaking lockdown and to like hook up the horny devils but um
0: i've heard this i've I've had loads of friends like my friend just broke up with her boyfriend of seven years and she's literally been having more sex than i think anyone ever like, <laughs> people have been just Spendalous. going around to I'm, I'm shocked i'm shocked
2: i'm sorry but Ain't nobody worth it. Like I I,
0: know I,
2: I'm not about to try and put myself into hospital for like you know a one thing. night stand.
1: Well, let this whole thing carry on. I was about to say bag on and then realise it's a bad choice of words. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I was talking to three of my friends last night and they were like, "Oh yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a boy," and I was like, "Honey, yeah. uh, stop it." But um, I think because yeah,
0: everyone's you know. so lonely, aren't they? They're just like they're just up for it we're all lonely. But I don't know. I still, like,
1: Can I be really nosy and ask what your relationship status is?
2: I'm single. Very, very single. Um I'm talking to a couple of people, um, but like not really anyone. <laughs> on and, from, and what's your
1: sex
2: <laughs> It's 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 all very new.
1: What's your sexual preference?
2: Uh, I don't really have one. Um I I sometimes say that I'm pansexual to try and like, you know, help people understand my sexuality but really just fluid I I really don't care too much I think that sex with women sex with non-binary people sex with men are all very different and um I appreciate each and every (laughs) one so if I find you attractive then I find you attractive
1: what is the difference I mean like men or women better in bed like it's just
2: different um I don't know I, I I kind of feel like When I have sex with men, it's more of a... For me personally, and I'm speaking personally because we all have different Mm. responses or desires or, you know, requirements. And um, for me personally, when I have sex with men, it's just more of a physical thing because, I mean... I don't know, I don't want to have a relationship with a man, Mm. (laughs) just not for me personally. It's just, I just feel like there's just so much that is projected onto me as a transgender woman to be this, you know, hyper feminine, submissive role. And I'm, I'm very, very demanding, very, very sure of myself. And I feel like a lot of men, not all men, but some men, most men, find it intimidating and I just don't have the time to coach them out of that so personally I prefer to have relationships with women sex with men or you know everything to do with everybody yeah. do you I don't it, really mind
0: do, do you find it quite strange like as a woman to, to kind of see this assumed kind of identity on how you're meant to be
2: yeah for sure I do feel like you know when you're trans you're expected to be extra feminine to confirm the fact that you're actually a woman. Mm. And I just find, I've always found that so perplexing because there's cisgender women who aren't super feminine, but mm. they're no less of a woman. There's right. cisgender women who can't give birth, but they're no, lo- no less of a woman. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, men who have periods, this doesn't make them less of a man. It means that, you know, they're a man who has a period and they're transgender. It's,
0: yeah. I don't
2: know, I kind of feel like we need to get out of this rut of thinking that people are the sole factor of their bodily functions it's mm, yeah it's really redundant and i i really feel like it's stopping us from seeing each other as equals
0: you're in quite a unique position in that you've had sex in a male body and then as a woman can you enlighten us to the, like, both of those experiences
2: yeah for me I mean it's always been a bit of a dual experience because even though my body looked masculine I've never felt that yeah. so on the inside I've always been me but on the outside I think sex is so weird because it's as much a project like another person projecting their desires onto you as it is you being you mm-hmm. yeah. so like people have like I don't know the guys that I was having sex with were under the impression that they were having like gay sex but for me it was never gay sex because I was never a man yeah but I looked like one so it's kind of like a really I think trans people have a really unique insight into sex mm. because we've seen so many different people especially if you're pan um seeing having an insight into you know how men react to women or how Um, women react to men I don't know it's really interesting to me I think one of the most interesting things is having both sets of hormones in my body and feeling a male sex drive um, in inverted commas or a female sex drive um, say um, testosterone or estrogen they're very very different and testosterone affects you into in a way that you know you you can't stop thinking about sex so if Mm -hmm. you have a lot of testosterone in your body or high testosterone levels and you're gonna be much more i don't know not necessarily promiscuous but horny (laughs) and um i don't know eastern's much more i don't know my sex drive now is you know if if you can turn me on then i'm as sexual as you like but i don't feel like i have to have it and i'm so glad to kind of get rid of that because that can get you into trouble yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it can it can make you lower your standards it- so I feel like now I'm really in a position where sex is something valuable to me and I only have sex with people that I actually want to have sex with not just to kind of you know scratch an itch
0: um, how were your sexual experiences changing as you were transitioning were you was, um, was, did it affect your sexual preference or how, how yeah did
2: it- um, at the beginning, Um, I think that it was very much, you know, me being fetishized by men. I was very much only sleeping with men at that point in early in my transition. And I guess I kind of sought validation in being sexually attractive. I felt like, oh, they find me sexually attractive. So that must mean that I look like a woman because they find women attractive. And, you know, I don't really think that that's healthy to base your identity on the sexual needs or wants of somebody else, regardless of what gender they are. But I think that that's, you know, something that all girls go through especially young women are taught in this society that their sexuality is an important component of who they are. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like men are, I feel like men are um, encouraged to have sex and encouraged to be promiscuous, encouraged to um, you know put it about, but women are just encouraged to be desirable. But as soon as you overstep the line and actually enjoy sex, then it becomes you know slut-shamey. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, at the beginning, I felt like how people saw me sexually was much more important than how I feel it is now. Now, I don't think that that's anything to do with my identity. It's just how people, like, project onto you, you know? Yeah.
1: What was your very first sexual experience? And then how, how was sort of the emotional tran- transition into the transition, if that makes sense? My
2: very first sexual experience, yes. what my when I like lost my virginity. Oh my God. It wasn't good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is it ever? I don't know. Oh my
2: God. It was actually really, um, not traumatizing, just a little concerning. I kind of went in at the deep end. What Um,
0: do
2: you mean? Oh God. I, (laughs) um, I had sex with a guy that was much older than me and I was very young and Really, I I hear that this is like quite common in the LGBTQ community because um, we're so heavily sexualized from an early age Mm -hmm. um, with regards to bullying, regards to how people see us. You know, when we come out as gay, there's so many questions that come out with that, or if we come out as queer or whatever, not straight or trans or whatever, um, there's so many questions that come with that. And people instantly assume that you have all of the answers to that. So we just have sex projected onto us, which makes us probably have sex earlier. And I don't know, my first, the first time that I had sex, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. I felt like I was, I just had to do it because I was queer and this is what queer people do. And the guy was much older, as I said, and he used poppers on me. Mm. And I had no idea what poppers were, and for that to be like my first go at having like, sex and not really be coherent, and not really be coherent, that that was really quite, oh God, um,
0: God yeah. yeah, not
2: not great really.
0: Oh. so how how young were you? Because I mean, I, I like lost my ginty at thirteen, which I still have a lot of resentment yeah, about, kind of thing. And it was in a sim- yeah. and it was similarly like with someone that was kind of older and I kind of mm. look back on it in a uh kind of with with resentment kind of thing so how old were you yeah. in that in that I was 15 15 I yeah. was
2: 15 um I don't so much look back at it, it as resentment with um too much because I mean if if we're going to be real he was probably a paedophile yeah and that was statutory rape. Mm. Uh, and I would definitely not encourage anyone that's younger and listening to this podcast to, you know, if someone comes on to you and they're older then, and you have told them that you're younger, do not have sex with them mm. because that is not someone that you should be trusting with your time, your um, safety or your body. So yeah, I, I do have resentment to how sex was projected onto me from such a young age um i came out when i was 14 and i was relentlessly bullied in high school to the point where i just felt like a sexual deviant when i was 14 and i hadn't even had sex did you come out as
1: gay first or or did you come out i
2: came out as gay first yeah i still refer to myself as gay because i mainly sleep with women (laughs) but I don't know. I just like, whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell us about orgasms. How, because you've had the privilege to come through a penis and...
2: Okay, so like a male orgasm, I would say before I transitioned was just very much, I don't know. I feel like it's a buildup of energy and then just one big release. Mm. And I feel like women's sexual energy or um you know coming ultimately is i don't know you can just keep going i and can't like,
1: can't you Sid? really no but sydney's only 27 i'm really it's really hard to make me calm but Sid, you wait till is your are can, you can, can you make yourself calm
2: yeah quite easy. can you make yourself calm if i watch well Born. then <laughs> <laughs> God,
1: I hit 30 and I, like, was just this multiple orgasm machine.
2: (laughs) I think, yeah, I don't know. Just, like, it's... Men are just, like, programmed, like, bodily and mentally to just, you know, spread their seed, aren't they? And it's, like, coming is... It just all comes out. Yeah. (laughs) And then women's sex drives are very different and it's um there's not necessarily that just one big release it's you know a build up of energy and you can keep going some people can do you think one
0: orgasm is way more in the head than the other like so i feel like with a female like Mm -hmm. as my experience of an orgasm is it's kind of it's completely be shifted with your mentality Like you could be about to come and then you could completely change it and then you could lose it basically is a men's orgasm a lot more kind of Uh, on a a direct path, I guess.
2: I don't know. I think it really does depend person to person. But I think that there's much more of like, I think that you need to feel comfortable with that person, don't you? And um, when you're having sex with someone, you know the, if someone does something that is gonna you know kill your vibe then of course that's gonna affect how your how your body physically reacts to that mm. so with a guy it could be that he goes soft or with a woman it could just be that you know she just doesn't distracted. want yeah you know yeah it, does, it gets distracted yeah. or doesn't want a penis in her <laughs> like <laughs> you, do you know what I mean like you know if someone puts you off then they put you yeah. off I don't you know that's gender based it's hard
0: to come back from that Oi oi. No no pun intended. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) So, obviously, we discuss opening up DMs. And uh, can we open up your DMs? That sounds very strange to lead uh, on to.
2: (laughs) Yeah, my my DMs are like bone dry at the moment. But, um, apart from the couple of people that I'm speaking to, but um i do get a lot of financial domination um requests of guys that say oh men are trash please let me pay you please let me give you money i don't take their money i get them to donate to my charities so,
0: so, uh, Pay for like what do they want in return is there like a
2: they don't want anything i think they just like to feel worthless um i'm not about to give them anything so. <laughs> i think there's some men that get off on being taken advantage of financially
0: i'm not I go- don't get it i'm not gonna <laughs> lie i've been talking about i've been banging on about this for so long now but i had a financial slave before and, yes. and he approached me through facebook dms and uh I didn't get him to donate to my charity. Unfortunately, it was the charity of myself. Um, uh, But yeah, it was very strange.
2: (laughs) Why not? It was like some people, I was talking to my flatmate about it and he was just like, I don't get it. Like, why do these people want to give you money for doing absolutely nothing? And
0: yeah, it's weird, a weird mentality, isn't it?
2: Yeah, but like, I don't know, I'm just like, well, I'm not gonna question it. You know, Mm. if someone wants to Mm. give me like 200 pounds or like donate to my charity, I don't see any problem with that, ultimately. Mm. Why not? And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift
1: ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now, it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. How do
0: they approach it? What kind of messages do they send you what's yeah how do they it's, it's
2: very much like the same kind of language as you know sex slaves of like oh how can i serve you queen or like you know a pathetic man like me please let me give you money and all that kind <laughs> of stuff and i'm just like okay so you've <laughs> replied
0: you've replied to them and you've said you've asked them to put money yeah
2: donate to my chosen do they keep message,
0: Yeah, do they keep messaging you or is it kind of left at that
2: i don't really get into it i'm not really You know, (laughs) I'm not really looking for a cash (laughs) slay.
0: God, I think, let's see what happens by the
1: end of Corona. So (laughs) then then we might all be up for that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had any anything like really uncool and abusive? I do get a lot of
2: abuse on Instagram, for sure. Not so much um, at the moment, but whenever I'm in the news or whenever I'm on television. Um, and I think it's a, a recurring theme with any minority group, whether or not that's you know a woman or especially black women. A lot of um, women in the industry uh, have similar stories of abuse. And um, if you're speaking about issues such as transphobia or um gay rights or um racial equality mm-hmm. then you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of pushback from the people that those oppressive systems benefit so if you're talking about feminism you're gonna get a lot of pushback from misogynist men if you're mm-hmm. talking about black race, you're gonna get um the white supremacists coming after you mm-hmm. so um i do think that you know there's, it just comes with the job, unfortunately, mm. and we can't speak about these things without getting pushed back from the people that want them to exist.
1: Have you ever been pushed into a position that you've found like uh, having to call the police or anything like that? Or
2: yeah, yeah, I had death threats at one point, and people saying that they knew where I lived and they were going to beat me up. Oh. And just, I don't know, like my my friend got. Um, Threatened with um, acid the other day online. Oh my online. god, that's awful. Yeah, so she was really shook up yeah. about that, and it's it's. Similar kind of things to that, really, um, that can make you feel really unsafe. And I'm super paranoid about my safety these days anyway. I don't take any chances. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't get public transport. I don't live in places that um... I'm living in a house at the moment. And I freaked out when I moved into my friend's house for a bit because it's the first time in so many years that um, there's not, you know, multiple doors between me and the bedroom. Right. Um, so it's, it's really difficult. And unfortunately at the beginning of my transition, I was raped, um, oh. in, in my own bedroom, he broke into my house and, uh, raped mm-hmm. me in my bedroom. And, um, ever since then, I've just been super aware of the fact that this, these kind of things happen all the time to mm-hmm. all kinds of women. So, um, you know I mean, it's, it's really to deal important that kind of
1: trauma i mean you know the real reality of having to live with that and having yeah. to have that trauma
2: it sucks but i don't know I'm, I'm really reassured by how many people especially how many women have come forward um you know in the wake of um or in the in the rain of me too or up mm. you know um being sexually assaulted is no longer like a dirty secret that women need mm. to take with them to the grave yeah. that we can speak about it and be empowered and it happens to a lot of women and I think one of the things that I really struggled with when it happened to me was the loneliness that I felt with that mm. and I felt like I had somehow brought it on myself because I had a one night stand with this guy and I thought oh god what if I led him on and did I deserve this and you know um he Attached a lot of um, his reasoning uh, for it because I bumped into him. Uh, even though the police couldn't find him, I somehow managed to find him myself. <laughs> um, he said, "Oh well, you know that's what girls like you get." <gasps>
0: Fucking hell!
2: And, Did you go uh, yeah. to the
0: police?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, police are just yeah. not very good with um, sexual attacks. Mm-hmm. um the the rates of um prosecutions is so low yeah. um especially if even if you if even if the person gets found the likelihood that they'll be prosecuted or um convicted is low because of dna is never um you know reliable um even though he was all in my bedroom they couldn't find his dna which was ridiculous. Um so those kind of situations happen all the time, unfortunately. And you just
1: said oh, you found she... him where the police didn't, which is Well, yeah, I found him in Tesco. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. He was like I was literally buying butter and, and he shelves. was next to me. Oh no, my <laughs> god. And I was just like, Oh my god, yeah, he threatened to beat me up on the spot.
0: No.
2: Um and then I never saw him again. But um and then actually no, he turned up on my turned up at my work. Um, and he was on CCTV, so they managed to get his face, and they even put um, posters all over trying to find him, and they never found him. So,
1: so, yeah. so, I mean, like, there is no doubt that everything you've gone through is has been impactful on your mental health. Um, yeah. do you, do- but this is it. Like, I, I want
2: people to realise that the bad stuff that you go through can be used as a positive well, well, and my positive is like you know speaking about yeah. it to make other people feel less alone and it, it makes me feel less alone too
1: so do you feel like you have a positive or negative relationship with social media and how it affects your mental health
2: i think i have a complicated relationship <laughs> with social media and i think that most people do i think it's really a case of monitoring your own mental health and not you know um not self-feeding you know the not spiraling and you know if you feel bad then following accounts and make you feel worse um i think it's really about making sure that the people that you follow um make you feel empowered or educate you or in some way have a positive impact on your life
0: Do, do you think um anyone following you because you're so kind of stunning and glam do you think anyone following you might feel insufficient
2: Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I,
0: same I same hope same. not, you know.
2: <laughs> I, I, I think that there's more than one way to be stunning and glam. <laughs> and I don't know, I'm just me. And I'm, I, I I fully understand the pressures on society, on, on people um, from, um, you know, beauty standards to being um, as productive as you can be and um, the pressures that come with being a young woman, especially a young trans woman. Mm. I look how I want to look. I but I I'm always pushing the reminder that there's no one way to look and I still get you know people calling me a man every day people telling me that I'm ugly all the time so I mean I'm still ugly to somebody
0: (laughs) so you can't please everybody
2: um Mm. I don't feel like you should you know ever if you if you look a certain way, I don't feel like you should apologize for it. But I feel mm. if you are if you're encouraging people to look like you, then that's a problem um, because I feel like you should be encouraging people to look like them and look like how they want to look.
1: Right? Do you feel like the, the, because you've got a banging body? I mean, you really, really do. Oh you're my like God! Sexual. I really don't. Oh, I really <laughs> disagree. Um, do you think that there's a lot of pressure to have a certain Physique for trans people as well?
2: I mean, we're all very good at posing in photos, all of <laughs> us. I mean, I've seen you, Gizzy. <laughs> <laughs> we're all very good at posing in photos and how somebody poses is not going to be how someone sat slumped on the sofa you know Mm. we we only post our good photos most of us I'm not going to go and you know pick the worst photo out of my camera roll and post that Mm, because it doesn't make me feel good and I ultimately want to feel good so I do feel that there's a pressure on trans women especially to be you know super super surgeried and um Ultimately, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing in itself. If you want to have surgery, then that's absolutely fine, whether or not you're cis or trans. Yeah. But if you're pushing the no- notion that a trans woman should be sur- um, have surgery, or a trans woman should have long hair, or a trans woman should have her nails done, or a trans woman should mm. um, have soft skin or um, wear dresses all the time, then that's really dangerous because it reduces trans women to the access that we have to be able to do those things. And the reality is is that not all trans women are able to have surgery or afford nice makeup or afford, you know, expensive dresses. It's not in the, you know, in the grasp of all trans Mm. women. And that's not what makes you a woman anyway. Mm. So, i mean can that add
0: can that add to someone's insecurity if they're looking up someone who's been able to to get all the surgeries can that add to Mm. someone who can't afford it to add to their own struggle on top of being trans
2: i mean personally uh, i don't know i think this is why it's important to push the idea of not the idea the fact that you should just look however you want to look i don't think that we should all stop looking how we want to look because of other people whether or not that's you know people think you look good or think you look bad I think that it's really important that we're all living how we want to look and living how we want to live but also making sure that people know that this isn't the only way
1: do you I mean there are quite like I I,
2: sorry I can I just add yeah like I grew up with say Pamela Anderson on television and I always thought Pamela Anderson was ridiculously beautiful and hot and that was a um like a very Barbie kind of beauty but then I also grew up with Naomi Campbell on television and she was a very statuesque Amazonian Mm -hmm. kind of beauty and then I grew up with Cindy Lauper I grew up with Madonna I grew up with Bjork and Kylie Minogue and they were all very different kinds of women and I don't know I think that the fact that I I just gravitated towards powerful women that were very um, assured of themselves and no matter how they looked, they were just themselves. And it wasn't so much about, you know, that you had to have big boobs or you, you had to do this, or you had to do that. I think it's about, you know, individuality and see if you see a person as an individual and not the sum of their surgery. Mm. I think that that's the problem. Seeing somebody as the sum of their surgery. Um, I look how I want to look. And um, yes, there is a pressure on trans women to have surgery. But just because I've had surgery doesn't mean that I'm advocating that that is what other people should do.
1: So do you feel like What challenges are there for trans people using dating apps and have things improved?
2: So I actually work with Tinder speaking about how the app has been made more accessible for trans people and I think that trans people have had a really rough time of it on dating apps. I think mainly because so you know um, when you report somebody for catfishing on Mm. an app Um, it just throws them off the platform the issue has been is that there's a lot of say men who find trans women attractive or find um, women attractive and then they find out that the woman that they find attractive is actually trans and then reporting that woman on the platform and then that woman getting booted off the platform Mm. because they're pretending in that man's eyes mm. to be somebody else. When the fact is, is that that guy's just freaked out because he just realized that he finds trans women attractive. <laughs> so um, <laughs> there's a long way to go. And I feel like the algorithms have been, well, I don't feel like I know that the algorithms have been made by cis straight white men. Um, so they favor cis straight white men. So if you look at a lot of social media platforms and dating apps, the way that women will be treated um, in a disproportionate way um, is is really noticeable, saying, as you know, men can um, show their chest, women can't show their nipples. a platform called Salty, um, which is an amazing, um, amazing feminist platform, they printed um, a study about how Facebook have all of these um, different rules about how women can and can't pose in advertising, but there's not one rule for how men can pose
0: what What kind of rules are they so
2: women they they develop these rules um in collaboration with victoria's secret which is a lot oh god (laughs) Um, yeah oh my least
0: favorite thing
2: so women can't pose um with their finger in their mouth um women can't pose with their hands in their pants women um, as in like underwear. Women can't um, That's weird because when, me- over. when
0: men do that, when men have like, a picture of like, there's a like, Calvin Klein campaign at the moment. And I think it's like Justin Bieber he's got his like, hand kind of suggestively in his pants. It's kind of a yeah. sign of dominance. So it's kind of weird that a woman can't have a fit hand in her pants. Mm. It's kind yeah.
2: of- it's, yeah. it's really, really interesting and how, you know, and algorithms will spot these things and take images down that women post, but men's posts won't be um, taken down. If anything, they'll succeed um, quicker in terms of engagement um, on these platforms. Yeah. So I think we all need to be aware of that as well. I sound yeah. like I'm wearing a tin hat, but it's a thing, I promise you. <laughs>
0: Um, can we just do a few more of your DMs? First? Yeah. Have you ever slid into Have you ever slid into anyone's DM? I'm always
2: uh, sliding into people's DMs. Yes, you're the first like,
0: person who added that. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> well,
1: I have. If those. I fancy okay. If I
2: fancy someone, then I say because I don't I don't think that it's something that I should be embarrassed of, and you know sometimes it will literally just be oh well you know I'm I'm not interested in anybody right now or sometimes it'll be yeah let's go for a drink and then we'll go for a drink get to know each other and then it'll end up like being a six month thing or one year thing like i don't know i feel like so many people are afraid to sh- shoot their shot and you know especially women are afraid to shoot their shot but i don't know fuck it do what do it
0: how would you uh, go about sliding in some of the DMs? what's the opening line as such
2: so get to know the person first right. don't just by, by stalking
0: or just just by
2: um just say touch. hi oh, right. say hi <laughs> just say you know like if I like someone that's a reflection feed, be... of
0: me by stalking
2: <laughs> <laughs> i just well obviously everyone does the stalking first yeah. but um then just like you know say hi I you know I really like your feed I love what you're about what are you up to? Don't know, start a conversation. Don't just be like, you want to go for a drink straight away. The amount of guys that slide into my DMs and just say, hi, you single, want to go for a drink? And like, <laughs> you don't even know me. You could hate my personality. <laughs> like, I don't know, there's absolutely no, no factoring in that they want to even think about my personality. Yeah. So I I, I don't I think, know, I beg you know, to
1: differ these days. I think if people are observing you on social media, they probably do have an idea of what you're about. Unfortunately you I guess, it can't be reversed. Look, you don't you don't have the ability to But to it's not real, is
2: obviously. it? A lot of the time. I don't like,
1: know. I, mean, I how... think you're pretty real and I think I think I'm pretty real <laughs> and I think I don't know, I think the right people are She didn't say
0: I was pretty real. Cinema. Cinema. Did you note know that? not. <laughs> <Since, laughs> I
1: don't
2: know. I I feel like I've got I've got I don't know we've all got facets to our personality but like how I am in terms of like my work and my Instagram feed is just a, like a sliver. But isn't that as much I as, as, as someone's gonna
1: get on on any dating app for example like I, I. Yeah
2: it is but I I think that's kind of why I'm much more of an in-person Absolutely. kind of
1: I get person, that. Yeah. I, I
2: I've, if I mean I do like apps, and I think that apps are really important, and especially as like from a trans perspective, they're crucial because of the amount of like women that you know, if a date goes wrong, then there's a there's um, a record of who you've seen mm. and who they are, and that's really important. Um, but I don't know, if it, if I had to weigh up meeting someone in real life or meeting someone on the app, it will always be real life. Because mm. I'm, I'm a romantic and I like to kind of, you know, feel like
1: well, get a
2: real serendipity. So, yeah, I like, yeah, I
1: know, I hear you.
2: And also you can't You can't tell people's body language on um, apps and I I think you can on social media but still again it's like performative. So I I love just like meeting people um, in real life because you've seen them and seen like the nuances of their behavior and the little things that they do like if they like touch their face in a certain way or like lick their lips it's like those little things um, like the reveries um, as they say on Westworld I'm such a geek. Um, But, like, the you know, the little, like, bits that people have to their personality that you'll end up essentially falling yeah, in the love with.
1: idiosyncrasies yeah. um, that you don't see otherwise. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, but I, I mean I'm, I'm going to defend this position because I am a romantic and I absolutely believe uh, in serendipity and all of these things. But very occasionally, I mean, like, my boyfriend slid into my DMs. And um, very, I don't know, and, I, and it was quite a random weird situation i probably wouldn't have normally gone gone with but there was something instinctive and intuitive about it that meant i d- had and, and i do think it can work for that setting because it's
2: I think it can work too. I think I, I like a bit. Of, I like a bit of the two. And you know, social media is so integrated into our lives. And I don't know if I meet somebody and they're not online, then I'm kind of like, what are you hiding? Uh-huh. So, That's true. <laughs> I kind of I kind of like it if someone you know if someone's got banter on social media as well. I think that it's a good component. But you know, if I get on with somebody and then they you know an absolute idiot online then it's difficult. I feel like you need to have the whole package these days.
0: Can I get you to open up your other inbox?
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. What,
0: what, kind of, what kind of messages are you getting? What are the, the top three from some people you don't know?
2: Um, okay. So this one is um, somebody defending Donald Trump, saying that Donald Trump doesn't hate trans people. Even though I just posted that um, oh, he that. does and is trying to <laughs> wind back our healthcare. Oh, God. Um, and was, then, it from, was it from uh, an American? Uh, yes.
0: <laughs>
2: yes. And then I've got a um, message from someone that my ex boyfriend used to sleep with saying hi. <laughs> no! <for> <laughs> no, did you reply? Yes. Nope.
0: <laughs> Wait, so then. Wait, does it just say hi? Straight up hi, nothing else.
2: I haven't seen her in a very long time and I think that she was just kind of like making me aware that she She's about. she can see me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't actually have too many um, yucky messages. It's really quite positive on Instagram these That's, days. Uh, we're
0: getting a lot of that. A lot of people are kind of um, are getting a lot of really nice messages from people um, and, not, yeah. and not, not so many dick pics. I feel like no. there's been a shift. I feel like people have become aware that we've been talking about it, or like, <laughs> I think... or that there's a discussion around just kind of sending random propositions.
2: But you know what? For so long, there wasn't any accountability for male behavior. That's it was exactly very much like, is. oh, boys will be boys. But like now, boys are aware of, you know, what a fuck boy is, yes. and it's not cool to be a fuck boy, and, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's rep- not cool to, like... and this. also. I think that men have cottoned on to the fact that women will share their dick pic. Yeah,
0: and... <laughs> I, mean, I think the power of the screenshot, I think that's uh, uh-huh. it's sending it on. Do you get many? Absolutely.
2: Do I get many dick pics?
0: Yeah.
2: No, not really. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm very vocal about the fact that I'm really not that into men. Right. Um, I do, I mean, I say this because I don't want to- Sometimes that's encouraging though,
0: that encourages them.
2: Yeah. I think I genuinely scare men. I think that... I i don't think that they're that interested in me. I get a lot of messages from girls.
0: Oh. So, I guess we people don't send a pussy pic today. That's just not a thing.
2: No, it's not a thing. No. <laughs> no <laughs> I,
0: tell I don't you- know how
2: i'd feel with any like genitals in my inbox no. i kind of feel like i just don't need it like just i felt right. weird
0: saying pussy pick. i don't think i ever want to say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on our podcast you've been absolutely wonderful and thanks for being so honest i was with just us. gonna say and exactly oh. that
1: it's been completely enlightening you're such a the powerful uh woman but such a brilliant breath of fresh air and and in your honesty oh. and clarity and i really really love knowing you actually it's great thank yeah. you so much babe i can't so wait much. to see
2: you both when this is yes, over oh my
1: god <laughs>
2: <laughs> take care love
1: all take right care. angel big lots of love bye Thank you for listening to our Spotify original podcast, Sex Lies and DM Slides. Please follow us on Spotify and tell all your mates about it if you enjoyed it.
0: And if you have any weird and wonderful Sex Lies and DM Slides stories of your own, do slide into our DMs at Sydney Lima and at Gizzy Erskine. No dick pics, please. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sex Lies DM Slides. This Spotify original podcast is a Hayden Prowse production edited by Steve Hankey, with music by Free Seed Films. Our executive producers at Spotify are Rachel Simpson and Alexandra Aidey.